so happy to be back, you guys. This is my first official episode after my year anniversary. I just really needed to bask in the moment to get all my ducks in a row. I, I cannot believe that I looked up and it has been a full year since I started this amazing journey to everyone watching the support grow, the listens grow, everyone who has really just been there through the highs, the lows, and really loving the content that I'm providing. I cannot thank you enough for your support. And even beyond just the support, hoping that you all are really inspired to get it for yourself. Like, you don't have to have much. Lord knows I do not and did not. But, you know, just having that hustle, having that drive, having that focus will take you so far. So enough of that emotional shit. We're going to jump right into it. Ooh, I don't have a sensor then. Yes. <laughs> not here realizing. Yes. He's like, are you cussing, cussing? Like, yes, Joy has questions. Oh, yes. okay. We're really doing this. Okay. Oh, I can't stand how so... We are going right into it. I have, um, this is a young man. When I tell you, he hustles. There's very few people within this city. Drop a tear. Oh, shut up. That I'm just like really have their hustle when it comes to their professionalism, um, really going for theirs, being humble through. That's Dolan T. Pongo and then this young man, um, Deshaun Witter, better known in the city as Sean oh, Graham. she really went for it. Oh, I did. Okay, Joy has questions. Sure. <laughs> um, don't make me pull out the Beasley references. <laughs> like, where? I've deleted so many of them out of my mind. The only thing that I still remember is the Beasley Creed. I literally was about to do it like B. Like, yeah. it literally no, I get to, to A and I'd be like, uh. Right. What was no, that? what was that one? But anyhow, having, you know, you on the show, definitely, it's an honor. You know, we're friends. We definitely, you, you know, encourage thank one you. another. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Definitely. I mean, you out here working with the source. on time. So black people, non-minorities, non-melanin you brethren, Get your ass yeah. to where you say you're going to be on, on time. time. It's really, really appreciated. I rushed my mama through post-church lunch to make sure I got here on time. <laughs> That's really like, are you done with She this? was still trying to talk to people. I said, yo, look. <laughs> well, she know I'm mad at her. I get, she gets the government. Denise. <laughs> Ma'am. Time to go. <laughs> like, I have to leave. Time to go. But no, thank you for coming on the show. No I mean, it's, it's definitely still bittersweet just because... Today makes it officially a week since mm-hmm. Nipsey Hussle was, you know, brutally, maliciously gunned down in front of his marathon clothing store. I I still kind of feel surreal about it. Like I still feel like this is just one big yeah. hoax. And I know it's not, but it's just it's incredible to me that someone who spreads so much positivity and so much um good energy truly was about black equity like you know i'm always one like i don't give a fuck about equality i'm about equity like mm-hmm. i could care less if i'm sitting at the table if you got a plate and i don't like right. that ain't cool so just what were your you know visceral reactions to it in terms of of finding out it was kind of weird um what i found crazy i found out before people in la found out so it was like i was sitting in the crib i forgot what was on i think it was like a one of the uh, NCAA tournament games was on, and somebody texted me. Was like, "Yo, you seeing this thing about Nip?" And I'm like, "Nah." So like, I go to the 2019 real search engine, Twitter. I don't like hit. They ain't gonna hit Google. I hit. I hit the little search thing. Was, "Yo, Nipsey," and like, "Yeah, Nipsey shot six times." Blah blah blah. With the So I hit my uh, my ex who live in LA. Me and her are still tight. We have a good relationship. And my other girl, uh, her name is Lo, and I know Lo lives in Inglewood, and she's from LA. Uh, my ex moved there from like Alabama, and we were, like in a group chat together. And I text him, I'm like, "Yo, 
what's this I'm hearing about uh, Nip? Like, what's going on in L.A.? And then Lowe's like, what you mean? I, I ain't seen nothing. So then she got to, like, I guess, like, just walked outside, basically. Just walked outside, and she's like, yo, this is crazy. Like, what's going on? And then, like, we hear that, it, that like, he died. And then it was weird because in hip-hop, we... In our age bracket of hip-hop, so I'm going to say, like, from 25, 26 to, like, 33, we never really experienced a death in hip-hop that actually shook us for real. Exactly. Like, XXX died, but I, I think XXX... I feel like is, he's our little he's, cousin. And he's, like, like the generation yeah. after us. He's and, centennial based. And then right. also, like, he was also so controversial already. It was so many negative thoughts and things that went toward him already. It didn't really hit people the same way. Aside from that, like, when Mac Miller died... That one did take Mac Miller was rough, but the difference between Mac Miller and Nipsey was... For Mac, it was a kind of like self-internal in, in, struggle that mm-hmm. kind of like took him down. So it was almost more of like a tap on the shoulder of, hey, let's check on our people and make sure they're straight. I know for me, it build. was the separation was, and it's not me trying to make it a race thing, but it was just like, I fuck with Mac Miller. I yeah. loved his artistry, but I'm like, the difference is this is a black, like, really was knowing our hustle, exactly. knowing the struggle, being from the dirt, the bottom. You and know? within that, he died in a way that he's supposed to be above now. Mm-hmm. In the sense of you have made it through all of the tests and trials of gang life, LA, all of that. Now you're County. Now you're yeah, and like now you're back making this a better spot for your for your city and doing what everybody talks about doing. You're doing what everybody talks about doing but actually doing it. Mm-hmm. And having the respect from Bloods, from Crips, from Hispanics, from white people, from police officers. From everything. Like, when I heard the LAPD and... The police commissioner looked shook. Yeah, like, the man was emotional. He said, when I got the news briefing or whatever before I had to come down here, he said, I looked at it three, four times because it said Nipsey Hustle, And I'm like, nah, nah, ain't nobody do this to Nip. Like, this is a, a 55-year-old white man. The fact that he used the word was assassinated right, yeah. in front of his store, I think, was even impact for coming from a, a white man who represents an entity that for marginalized people and black people, police do not serve and protect right, right. us. Yeah, and I'm like, this is a 55-year-old white man standing there in front of the world mm-hmm. and saying, I couldn't believe it was him. Right. And then at the same time, it made me look at other things and it made me really realize how <clears throat> fucked up Chicago is. Yeah. Because um, I looked at this and I said, there's a lot of things that you can look at and see here. You see how the gangs united. There's a respect across everything. From the youngest crypt to the oldest blood, like there's a, a order yeah. of of hierarchy, rank, respect, organization. That's not existent in Chicago gangs at all, or like Chicago culture, period. But then outside of that, how the LAPD moved on this? Like the LAPD was like, all right, this is what's going on. If you're saying, oh, he was a gang member. No, he was a community activist. No, he was this. No, he was that. This has been the first time I have ever seen someone who looked like Nipsey Hussle Mm -hmm. get the... Media portrayal of someone with respect. Exactly. I haven't heard anyone bring up how he was in in jail. You know, oh, this uh, 
did he do something? Exactly. Was he really separated from his past? This was the first time exactly. that I saw a black man in a hood black man not be villainized in his demise. And I was looking at that and I'm like, and the LAPD really just did a cleanup job quick. Like in all the in all the cases where we lost a rapper to gun violence, who have we caught? And we all know they know who shot Tupac. <laughs> I'm just sitting there like... It's, I mean, the man who shot Tupac just did a BET thing where he said, yeah, I shot Tupac. Like... So, is there a statute of limitations? I don't know. Um, well, okay. In like a piece of clarity to that, the guy who shot Tupac <laughs> is dead. Um. So, but the guy who was on BET was his uncle, and he said, "I gave him the gun to shoot Tupac." Okay. Well, that to me is an accomplice, and that's literally the third or fourth investigation or piece of as investigative journalism, documentary, or whatnot. They pointed to these two gentlemen, and what Pac's been dead. Pac died ninety six. Yeah, because so like Pac died first. He was ninety six. Biggie was ninety seven. So yeah, twenty three years now. Like I don't know what. I mean, if I kill somebody, I'm not about to admit to anything at all, period. Let me tell you something. I wasn't there. I don't know who is Tupac. But anyway, but yeah. Like, we're ain't going to get into the specifics, <laughs> but just know that yeah. if it ever get found it was, we're going to be like, damn, she was good. I didn't yeah. even know who she did nah, that not shit. not at all. Like, I'm I'm so paranoid even now that in case some life shit happens to go down, I don't even use Face ID on my iPhone. Like, uh, <laughs> I could have that conversation, you know, working into, I tell people all the time, stop doing these challenges yeah. because you're voluntarily giving a lot of data to tech companies yeah. and case in point that, oh, what's the 10 year challenge? That's facial recognition. Yeah. I don't know how nobody didn't get that piece. Yeah, I'm but. not doing none of that, but no, but yeah, but, but for Nip, it was just different. It just made me look at it like, yo, Chicago really got a lot of work to do. Um, but even beyond that, just the initial shock, then it was like. Yo, this man is dead. Like, like I've met this man. I've seen this man perform. Like, mm-hmm. I worked on something with this man. I know so many people who have worked on stuff with this man. What was your, you know, having that person, not, I don't want to say personal relationship, but having that personal encounter with him. Like, yeah. was he truly just, I mean, I've been looking at these clips and videos and I've gotten nothing but just a positive aura yeah. about him. Even when he slapped old boy. <laughs> At the BET Awards, <laughs> it was his bodyguard who he <laughs> right. had known since childhood. He's like, "You're not gonna disrespect my people." Yeah. So, um, the first, the only time I met Nip, I met him with Dom Kennedy. Okay. So, like, I'm I'm a huge Dom Kennedy fan, like to this very day. So, I was at my uh, very first South by Southwest trip. I went with my boy uh, Curtis. This was my first year working with Karen Civil and uh, and. Um, my boy Champ was there, and we were at the Complex Complex. That's what they called it, like the Complex Complex. It was like the Complex House. It was like a, a backyard party. Literally, they rented a house and set up a stage in the backyard. And at, had a lineup of, like, Ray Shrimmer before anybody knew who they were. Them boys do not um, get the credit they deserve. That's another story. Not at all. And if you look at the look up the No Flex Zone video, there's two. So the original No Flex Zone video was in the Complex Complex. Oh, wow. So, like, uh-huh. so they were there, Mike Will... Um, Childish Gambino, Dom, and Nipsey. And in this thing, since it's kind of like exclusive, we weren't supposed to be there. We finessed the way to stay and just made it happen. But since it was like exclusive, they're just walking around, like walking around, drinking, hanging out. And at this point, I'm like lit. Like it's free liquor. I'm on a whole different planet. Right. And um, and Nipsey, when he was performing, he he looked at our crowd. He was like, yo, this, this area of the crowd right here, they turned up. Like all 
what's up with y'all, man? How y'all doing? Just hop off stage and then just like just kicked it for a minute and then hop right back up there and perform. And I was like, yeah, that's different. Like he's just somebody that you know. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, everything else was just um, working through various channels or knowing friends that worked with him and and like you never hear nothing bad about Nip. So then it was kind of different. Like as many and this is not like wishing death on anyone, but like as many of fucked up individuals we have in rap like how do we have to lose one of the good ones like you know i literally i just said that saying you know only the good die young and this was the first time that i ever thought about that saying i was like well who made that and i'm like and it it does seem to be true you know and like right after that i was more mad about how things unfolded opposed to sad about being nipsey being dead because i felt like a lot of stuff that went on was kind of <clears throat> based or rooted in our own mental complexities as people. In or the our sense own of, trauma? No, not even trauma. Just in the sense of how this scenario was so wild that everybody immediately pointed to a conspiracy theory. The, I, okay. And then not only was the conspiracy theory so asinine, but it's like it's disrespectful as fuck for this man not to even be really dead and y'all are trying to say that the government killed him? Like, I think sometimes, because I I just chose not even to respond to people that I knew who were just like, nah, five shots to the body. What? Like, yeah, literally, like, everyone everyone turned into, you know, diagnosis murder. Like, I was just sitting there like, the thing that was so crazy to me is, growing up literally in the hood, I'm like, every place got a hitter. All right. Whether they a snitch hitter or they not, everyone got that hood. We all watched The Wire. Right. We all knew who the, who the fuck they was getting, who stringing all them was getting when it was time to kill somebody. Like, I just, I couldn't understand how people just couldn't wrap their heads around the fact of, like, he was killed by a broken-ass black man yeah. who was jealous and had enough self-hatred to not even emotionally also stunt it. Because I'm just like, for someone who's this beloved... By gang culture. Right. And we know that the majority of black and brown men go to jail. Why the hell would you shoot somebody that that the one of the one threads or the only threads that unify everybody? I'm just that's the thing that to me yeah. I was like and so you know you're going to jail with everyone right, who right, wants right. to kill you. Right, right. It just was like what what are you thinking about? Um but yeah, but like on that initial thing I'm like Y'all conspiracy theories don't even make sense. Like, At all. Like, all right, so you mean to tell me that the government is trying to wipe out Nipsey Hussle because he's making a documentary on somebody where all of the information is still readily available in libraries and on the internet with the government I have controls. never seen black people give so <laughs> much like, of a fuck? fuck about a man that, here's the thing, Nipsey Hussle, and also, I haven't seen pre-production mm-hmm. or what the story was they were trying to tell about Dr. Sabi. But I'll say this. Lisa Left Eye mm-hmm. was going to Dr. Sabi before Nipsey Hussle was even famous or popular. Yeah. So if you really wanted to do your due diligence and, oh, he got all the keys, we still lead in diabetes. We still lead in high cholesterol. We still lead in a lot of, you know, damaging health things that, quote unquote, he did have answers for mm-hmm. or how to holistically better ourselves. So don't talk to me now about like, oh, that's why we didn't give a, if that's the case, we didn't give a fuck about it before. Cause I still right. see all of us up in two fish and, and killing like, six pieces. And all of his family is still alive. So we're going to go kill 
Nipsey Hustle. The government takes everyone out. Man, we gonna shoot somebody. We shoot everybody. The government everybody. knows where I am right now, and you know why? Because my phone is next to me. Like they know where you are at all times. I don't it's even know, like, like saying Big Brother no more. Like the nigga's yeah. just in my house. Like yeah. he's he's it's Alexa. He's Cortana. It's uh, there. It's it is what it is. But yeah, so that was the original thing. Like, um, so I just kind of closed out a lot of channels and whatnot. I still haven't personally played like a Nipsey record. Just because I just like, I'm like, I don't want to hear it in sadness. Right. Like, let me hear something else later on. And I was somewhere and I heard it, but uh, I can't even tell you where I was no more. Oh, last night. I was at a house party last night. And uh, Nipsey and Dom's Check Me Out came on. Let me tell you something. That and that's my, that's my is record. my theme that's my song. And what was wild, that was the one my they performed life. in the backyard. Oh, don't do that yeah, to me. They no. performed it together in the backyard. And I my was life like, was oh, ugly. I came from nothing. Yeah. So I was like, all right. That was the first time I had heard it. But at that point, it's, it's, it's Saturday night. I'd have had a week to little process. Like, I'm good right now. Like, yeah. I ain't really hopped into Victory Lab for any things like that. For me, Victory Lab was the first time that I ever truly, like... And you know what it was? Everyone was talking about it. And I had knew who Nipsey Hussle was, obviously. But I just was like, oh, well, maybe this is a West Coast thing. So, I was listening more so just to artists that I felt were more relevant. But when everyone started talking about Victory Lab, when it came out, I listened to it. I was like, this shit is bomb. Right. And then I went back and I was like, the song, like Crenshaw still is like my fave. Mm-hmm. But um, just in terms of the work that he was doing in terms of black equity, it's been a lot of questions, you know, in terms of, oh, can you still support the hood and be uh, it among the hood and, and, you know, all these other, you know, hypotheses. And I kind of look at it as as fucked up as it is how his life was snuffed out prematurely. The fact of the matter is I don't think Nipsey could have commanded the respect, could have made the impact that he made if he'd have put that hedge around himself mm-hmm. and not still been of the community. Yeah, no, not at all. It's, it's how Chicago looks at Kanye. You can say you're going to do whatever you want to do, but you're not here to you're, do it. And that's and that's the thing. You lose that. I look. I'm not even going to lie. There's and even on here on different shows, I've called mm-hmm. him Kanye Kardashian because I'm like I don't even look at him yeah. no more. I'm like, yeah, it's the, like the same representation. You're not here. I know I ain't going to run into you at Mickey's or you know Soul Shack. Like you doing right. your own thing, my guy. All right. That's kind of like how we have that that love for Chance. Like. Everybody in Chicago love Chance. Like eighty-five-year-old white ladies love Chance. Twelve-year-old so with his little yeah. three hat. Yeah, twelve-year-old kids love Chance. Like the nigga that's standing on Seventy Ninth Street right now, he'll fuck you up over Chance. Like, and it's just like it's and that right thing, so. and you got to understand it because he's here to he's here. He's making that impact. It's the true thing. It's the sa- the saying of like putting your money where your mouth is. Yeah. You know, you can say what you want, but I don't want your peons being here doing the work. I want to see your black ass here. Right in the trenches and remembering where you came from. And that's yeah. the disconnect that I feel a lot of people when they move away, they lose that. Um, so even kind of like just shifting a little bit and you pull, I think you pulled from it when you were saying like, this was the first time that we've lost someone within hip hop or the rap community that it's like, he's us. Like, mm-hmm. I'm 30, you turning 30, like, he was 33. Mm-hmm. Like, this literally was a dude we went to high school with, you right. know? And so... The respect factor, I just find with, I feel like, damn, am I getting older? But Kodak Black. Mm-hmm. I got a thing about Kodak. What did we expect? Okay, so can I say something? Because I'm going to get, hopefully, pull me back if you think I get too deep. I look at Kodak Black, 
And he reminds me, the opening scene for Uncle Tom's Cabin. I don't remember it anymore. It's fine. But from the book, the opening scene of Uncle Tom's Cabin is these plantation owners like in the like having a, a having a key if you will playing poker smoking cigars and as they're there they're throwing peanuts and shells you know like to the little pickaninny children mm-hmm. and the kids are like scurrying and picking it up and i don't know why i've always envisioned Kodak Black is one of those kids. And I don't even, I'm not saying that to be funny to make fun of the man. Like, he literally looks to me like the physical representation of that stereotypical menstrual show ideology, Mm -hmm. you know? And he made a statement, you know, talking about, like, oh man, you know, Lauren London, I'm a shoulder to cry on. Just like completely utter coon shit. There ain't no other way for me to put that. Mm And so T.I. hopped on the horn and was like, you completely out of pocket. The game looks like he was on Hopper getting the flight. Ooh, so the I'm glad that you mentioned like both of was, these people. Because huh? I got a problem with both of them. With T.I. and game? And the game. Well, I mean, they are problematic as fuck. Don't get me yeah, wrong. I don't look to them for like as beacons. But I do think that's a level of like, who is your OG? Like, why are they not putting... This man has not even been dead. Today makes seven days. When mm-hmm. you made that video, yesterday it was six. But that's the thing. Like, he doesn't have an OG. Like, he doesn't. He's he's Kodak Black. And uh, one thing that I remember what Charlemagne was saying when he was first coming up, I think Charlemagne tried to put him in touch with Master P to be his OG. I want Charlemagne to put me in contact and, um, with him. Hell. Something went wrong. And, and I, I don't know what... From an outsider's perspective, if you had to ask me what I would put my money on, what went wrong, was that Kodak was just being a nigga. Flat out. Because when when they ran it back and they asked Master P about it, he just was kind of was like, you, you can only lead someone as far as they want to go before they don't want to be led no more. That's basically what he said. But like, and so in a, in a couple pieces with this, with Kodak, I'm I'm not surprised by anything he says at all, or does. This is the same man who is currently up for sexual assault charges. The same man who had his house raided because he had a baby around guns, lean, and weed. Same man who, I could go on for days. Um, so I don't expect much out of him. Like I expect nothing out of him. But my thing... With the other two people that you named, specifically the game, let's 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 hop directly into the game. I mean, I'm already thinking about the Kim Kardashian. Not even that, from. like, and that's not even that because everybody picks on Kim K. She's like an easy joke. She's an easy target. Um, no pun intended. Not <laughs> I said that. I was like, can we use a different? No, term no pun intended. Um, but like, so he hops on, and he goes. How are you respecting this, disrespecting this man's wife, blah, 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 whatever the case would be. Two, three weeks ago, you out here trying to support and push your album by saying you had sex with Sin Santana. So which one is it really? Like, is it really? Is it just because Nipsey is your man's? That's precisely but then it's like, is. But then it's like, well, Joe Budden is somebody's man's. So should he snuff you? Like, you know what I mean? Like Exactly. If we're going in theory, if, if this is like, principle-based, yeah, like, I'm confused. And you're saying that's not how we do it in the street, then then what street are you from? Because you're doing the same thing. Or it's like, it amazes me. And I even have the same 
I'm just going to say this. I had the same, actually, thought process. And you bring up a good point. Remember when Jay-Z made that quote in reference to Future? And Future got, you know, he got in all of his, you know, activist feelings over it. And I remember sitting there going, I was like, if someone got on a track and said, mentioned, called Jay-Z out on cheating on Beyonce or whatever, there would be a conversation had. Mm -hmm. Emery would be on the... we need to sit down and talk, you know? And mm-hmm. that's the thing to me, or it's just like, I need to better understand how is it okay for one entity to do it, but for someone else not to be able to do it. Right. And that for me is just like, you got to sit here and have some sort of accountability in terms of the power of your words. And also realize mm-hmm. if you willing to put that out, had the same energy when somebody puts that out about somebody that you give a fuck Exactly. About. It was no different than when Offset got into it with Chris Brown over, I'm like, I'm sorry, that 21 Savage got detained. And mm-hmm. I think it's bullshit because he's been really trying to do a lot, giving bank accounts to kids and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. But there have been little kids in cages for months, for the better part of a year within this country. And I didn't see you, you know, that ain't funny. You know, real people out here hurting. We shouldn't be making jokes. You were completely quiet. People don't even give a fuck when it's someone that they know. Exactly. And and in terms of game, like, that's not me saying like I'm not gonna not listen to your music, blah blah. Like I get it, still but alright, documentary too. I feel like it's better. That was a hot take I had with somebody, and they was like, "Yo, you might be right." So here's the thing: What's the one he did with um, Ali Boumaye? That was Jesus Peace. Jesus, that's Peace. my favorite game album. Honestly, that's my favorite game song, but that album is fire. That run it from is what it is. that run from church to like oh, that shit was fire. Um, but no. Um, as far as T.I., T.I. is also in my top eight to ten favorite rappers ever. But, dog, I don't need you to be my activist. Because you're hopping in the line of all of these hotbed of topics and have some type of flaws to them. As as far as Gucci and and the blackface thing. What was your thing with Gucci, well, from the T.I. perspective? Because my thing is this. I don't... The accountability we're telling artists to have, I can't then turn around and be like, Kim K, bitch, don't nobody want to hear about you, you know, trying to help with prison reform. Because the thing is, if you're moving the needle, you're moving the needle. Now, she's problematic to me as fucking other areas, but I can't take away the fact that she did something that was impactful and got a black woman out of prison for ridiculous charges. Yeah, I agree. So, what's the thing then where it's like... What what was your issue with, with Gucci and T.I.? It's not even just that. It's like T.I. half asses way that we should try to make a change. In the term of like with Gucci and T.I., he's like, we're going to boycott Gucci for two months. Well, nigga, when April come, we supposed to get the new spring collection and just be good right, with it? Like, like what's, did you what's tell that doing? Because right, like, like, she's been out doing? here fanny pack pimping. I'm like, <laughs> so when the summer comes, it's good to put Gucci on again. Like, I don't like, what is two months? So it's just like you're half asking what you're telling us to do. Like, or it's other things like y'all kill Nipsey, but George Zimmerman's still here. Nigga, you the gangster kill George Zimmerman your That's, damn self. I'm like, well, sir. And I was like, I hate that Hove said that line because now all of these niggas is running with it. Like, this is word is bond. Like, nah, tip, you you the nigga with niggas in the street. Like, you go kill George Zimmerman. Why are you telling my ass who Working to just be above the poverty line and to get some money like you and shit to go kill somebody. I just got health care. Right. I just really figured out, and and this is sad to say that what my deductible truly means. Oh, that shit is like nuts. That's why I was just like, (coughs) I hate him as well. Yeah. But I'll stand there ready to stone him when I see you with a pebble. Right. Like, 
don't lead me and and force us to do something like that. You know what I'm saying? It's just like half-ass leadership. Like or doing something that's not tangible. I think we really need to look at the heart and the commitment of our community for ourselves. And the mm-hmm. thing is it's not I find it confusing. We live in a different time period. The people that we hold up in high esteem never had agents. Right. And I'm I'm not even going to call it, but I'm like they're there are people who I know who are, you know, activists, but it's like they get paid to speak. I'm like, and maybe I'm wrong or maybe I need to do more research, but I never saw Martin getting paid to speak or mm-hmm. Malcolm X. They're like, yeah, they did TV and everything, but and maybe they did. Who knows? But I'm just like, when I'm sitting here looking and now it's like, oh, yes, we're going to hear from, you know, this person. They work with Black Lives Matter or this person. And I'm like, but we we paying you, though. Do you know how hard it is for me to follow a lot of these Black Lives Matter activists? One specifically, whose name I would not mention, but it's like, yeah, it's just one specifically. I look at it like I really know who you are. Yeah. And I know what made this become a thing for you. Poverty, I should say this, hope and poverty within the black community or any marginalized group is the easiest way to get on. Yeah, it is. And the thing is, when you get people to put blind hope into you and to forsake everything else in their life, it's. Your judgment to me, I think, is 20 times worse than somebody who just blatantly said, fuck niggers, I hope they all die. Like, that to me is... It's worse. You you stripped your people from the inside. Like, this whole Al Sharpton wearing a wire. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I'm done. Like, we didn't endure his just for me Al Sharpton know he fine. He know he fine. I'm sorry to be in the mirror. He puts on (laughs) that sweatband. He's like, superpower activated. I'm ready to go. Al Sharpton know he fine. He'd just be um, like, yeah, I'm good. And, and like, yeah, he, like, Al Sharpton be in the mirror, like, taking pictures and stuff. I'm like, yo, what's up with Al Sharpton? Like, what is he doing? keep coming one yeah. after the other. I'm yeah, just I'm like, like yo, this man is, is, is trying to be extra. Like, yeah. But, I don't um, know. At this point, I think the thing with Nipsey, what took so much out of me is I'm trying to really use my platform as something to encourage um but also to empower people to move, right? right? And to to really take pride in themselves, but also to stand up for bullshit. And I know that, yes, like, Sam, a change is going to come. Mm-hmm. But I really just, this past week, I just was so drained. Because I'm like, I'm waiting for this change, and I want there to be one. It's just like... We are our own worst enemy in an environment that doesn't give a fuck about us mm-hmm. anyway. So why do we continue to do this to ourselves? And the week just seemed like it was so long. I was one step so away from taking a mental health day. Long. Like, if I didn't have them damn client calls and, like, actual responsibilities that I was just like, I can't even stay under the covers and fall apart like I want to. Yeah, no, it was just, like, extremely lengthy. And I'm like, yeah, you got to get me up out of this. Like, I was just like. Let's wrap this up. I actually started working out again because I was like, I need clarity. I need a a cardio session. But that was the last thing. I think um, just even winding down with this, what I just wanted to comment on, I'm done talking about uh, Journey's little brother. I don't have it. Um, (laughs) I had to stop for a second like, Journey, who is? Yeah, Smollett. Iconic, sickening. Thought she was coming back with that Tyler Perry movie. But uh, the perspective that I wanted, I actually had a conversation with, (laughs) <laughs> with someone on Facebook and they have yet to even respond because you know me I am I might be petty but I am an educated petty and I will take it point by point where you had me fucked up mm-hmm. 
and commenting on, you know, Lori Lightfoot and how mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm not excited at all that she is mayor. Can you style her? Never mind that shade. Never mind. What I almost <laughs> responded and said was that well, I was like, would that be considered insensitive to my LGBTQ brethren? Because I was about to be like, what you mean style me styling? She wearing men, you gonna like the way you look at suits. Like she's the one that needs to step her tailoring game together. No, that's what I was saying. Like, can you help get her together? Cause look, um yeah. You live in one of the top black cities in the world. There are too many barbers that could have opened their hands. I wasn't even talking about that. Like that's the first and when foremost. I saw her um pop up at the White Sox opening pitch. She threw out the first pitch, and she met Ozzie Guillen. And Ozzie was there. And, you know, Ozzie's a baseball man. Like, people are, are customary to see Ozzie Guillen in White Sox jersey. No, I've seen Ozzie in suits. Like, this I've worked, man, Ozzie don't play. fire. Ozzie was like, I'm going to either serve you this fastball, or you can get these keys. Like, Ozzie's suit game is Ozzie was in this, this fire navy blue suit, like, like Hunter Green overcoat. And I'm like, this man, I had a briefcase in his hand. I'm like, Ozzy, you in the middle of the cell. You ain't got to do all this, bro. But then I looked at Lori and I was like, (laughs) and Lori like had like on these jeans that like she just did like some yard work and they were kind of beat up and like some beat up. And I'm like, and I'm like, wait a minute. Why? I, the point is, because I can talk for days about how that was just some bullshit, but she's not a progressive She's a tried, true, uh, uh, very strong within the Chicago politic machine. Like You don't have to answer this question, but I'm going to ask it. Did you vote for her? No. You voted for Tony? Yeah. Okay. I mean, what other choice did I have? I mean, I'm, some people just didn't vote at all. Did you vote? No, I didn't. Why? I voted in the primary, the first set. Mm-hmm. And this is the first Chicago election where I literally... I would say period because... While I was able to vote when Rom first got in, I don't think I was able to kind of like understand the complexities of what the city needs. And blah, blah, blah. Um, Cause I was probably what fresh out of college. Like, um, when I voted in the first set of elections, I literally did all of the quizzes, the matchmaking things, Valley the ready. like read into everybody's everything and everything. And, um, when we got to this next batch, this final two of Tony and Lori, um, just reading into the backgrounds of both of them, I was like, both of you are just like really nothing that matches with what I want. Can I? Okay, I'm gonna say something. But wait, wait, I guess more to it though. No, no, okay, go. go. No, no, go ahead. I feel so guilty for what just happened and I have to hold myself always to the accountability that I want my listeners to hold themselves Mm -hmm. to. I just lied. I didn't vote. Okay. And the reason why I did, you cannot explain why. Because on an ancestral, I always am like, vote, you need to stop complaining. Mm -hmm. But yeah, go. I just, let me, I'm not backtracking. I'm going to be honest, y'all. I didn't vote. Yeah, I was, and I was literally, and me and my mother had this strong debate about it because we felt like as our right, we can't complain Wait, about anything yeah. if we don't vote. But then at the same time, I said, what is the point of me just voting just to vote if I don't believe in what neither are doing and who, ne- who either of you are as people or candidates? And I'm like, 
I don't just want to cast a vote to just say I casted a vote and I don't believe in this person, but she's better than the other person kind mm-hmm. of thing. And then even with that, I couldn't decipher who was better for the city than the other person. And um, what really made it worse for me, a couple weeks ago, I went to my friend's church and Tony Preckwinkle oh, came. Not the, not the and the service Andrew. was fire. And then she stepped in and it kind of blew my entire Jesus high. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, and she sat maybe like two rows in front of me. She was very cold. Like she did not interact in the service. She really didn't want to speak to anybody. The only person she spoke to and, and shook hands with was the first lady of the church. She came with Jesse White. Jesse White hopped up on stage and he gave his whole unsatisfying joke spiel and bit of how I am the secretary of state and I could take away your license. Um, and I'm looking at him like, that's a fun way to make a joke when I owe you tickets. Um, right. Like, so and it just really rubbed me do that. and it just rubbed me even worse. And then like, so me and my mother, we'd normally vote on like a Saturday. Like when we, when we go run the street and I go link up with her and my grandma, make sure they got everything they need for the week. And we'll go to like the polling place to get it out the way. So I got to wake up at five in the morning and um, I was talking to her. I said, is it bad that I don't really want to vote for neither one of these people? And she was like, nah. I was like, I casted my vote for a candidate that of all of the candidates I at least felt aligned with and did not have as shady of past. Mm-hmm. And while I knew my candidate wasn't going to win, it was me still putting a vote toward her future promising. Like, this is a build to show that she at least has some type of support in the city. Right. Um or that she at least fucking gets it. All right. And I'm like, I'm like, is it like, do I feel bad that I just don't want to vote for either one? And then to be honest with you, by the time Tuesday came, I forgot it was election day. I went about my day and I came home five o'clock, turned on TV. Oh, polls were closed in the hour. And I looked at it. My polling place is literally two blocks away. I could have walked there. And I looked at it and I said, nah. And I went and sat down. I was down. really sick. Like, I will say this. I debated and battled with myself the entire day mm-hmm. over it. And, I was, I had worked from home because I felt like, hell, we've been sharing the same damn baggage, pita chips in the office. I'm pretty sure we all just passing around the same cold. Mm-hmm. Um, but a part of me was disappointed in myself just because I'm like, I, the importance of voting. And when I did start to vote, it was like during Obama, you know, his presidency. And I was like, no, it's time. But I can't even echo enough just my disgust at both. I, I, mm-hmm. It was the better or worse. It was still going to be a trash, I think, election. And I think truly the, not even revolt, but the protests that I'm more so am doing or the people that I work with, I think is more beneficial to be the checks and balances for whoever would have been put in that off, in office anyway. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like... I think even looking at this situation, she had, she's the mayor-elect, and she already is talking about how Jesse Smollett needs to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole premise of why I wound up having a, a, this conversation on social media, because I was just like, let me get this straight. Whether you think he's guilty or not, and I'm like, it's too far down. I can't tell where mm-hmm. his guilt or his innocence lies at this point. But I'm like, at the end of the day... The state's office decided not to prosecute him. And the mayor, current mayor, is on some, like, 
faux, um, you know, emotional tirade kick, just in a sense of like justice. This is a miscarriage of justice. All this other bullshit. Y'all sending him, what, you know, money orders from Western Union about what he needs to pay back. And I'm like, what happens now if we open up the closet door in terms of how you have represented yourself as the leader of this city when it's come to things that have affected people of color? Because mm-hmm. I know you and your administration sat on the Laquan McDonald tape for almost a year. And I know a lot of people who were personally attached to that went back to the private sector when they knew that that shit was coming out because mm-hmm. they didn't want to be associated with you. Y'all, we've been going to gayles and I shouldn't. This is the type of shit, y'all, you sat there and knew and didn't even want it to be revealed. Mm-hmm. And so I, for one, thought it was interesting how she's echoing the same rhetoric that the current mayor and his bullshit, you know, ideals have. And then on top of it, no one is even talking about how this week we let out a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not even saying this to be funny. The man got arrested. The families of the victims are petrified like they are literally scared that the man's gonna come after them you're supposed to check in within 72 hours to especially if you're registered as a sex offender to the nearest um police station that you're going to be living by in the neighborhood he still hasn't done it and they let him out on a technicality because they were like well he kind of does need to stay here but the bylaws that we have in terms of the psychiatric questioning that was done, he passed it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, so because y'all couldn't update y'all questions, this fool that killed was a part of a satanic cult that dismembered and mutilated multiple women, and y'all just let him out of a state penitentiary. And he ain't checked in yet. But we got time to worry about Jesse Smullett mm-hmm. and getting 130 racks back from him. This city is like, I'm... I never thought I would look at Chicago and be like, damn, we lost her. Mm-hmm. But it is just kind of a thing of like, <clears throat> I don't know if she's coming back anytime right. soon. And that's what breaks my heart. But um, this election, I did not rise to the occasion. And if anyone listening to me is like, Joy, how could you? At least just take it away from this. I'm just Shame saying, on you, Joy has questions. I feel bad about <laughs> it. Don't be a dick. <laughs> but no, um, that's really what it was based in. I'm like, I'm not going to vote for bullshit. And I would truly rather be a be in their bonnet. Because uh, here, you now here's the other thing with these mini police academies. They're trying to do the tester one in South Shore. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, just because she didn't get married, she still is Cook County board. So I'm like, okay, Tony, what stance are you going to take? Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, you still can be that, that thorn in her side or at least make sure that she on her shit as well. If she truly does really give a fuck about the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Or are you mad just because you ain't lose? I mean, she did get beat badly. Oh, she got smacked. I was like, it was 74 like, to 20. Ooh, yeah. Jesus. I was like, yeah. did anybody like you? No. Like, no one liked her. When the Sun-Times endorsed Lori Lightfoot after their longtime support of Tony Preckwinkle, that's when I was like, ah, bitch, you ain't getting mayor. Like, just so we're clear. Not um, at all. But no, that's pretty much all I have to say. Chicago is, that's a whole, that could be a show in itself. Yeah, it's just a lot that has to be done. A but whole lot. Rest in peace to Nipsey Hussle. All the prayers and love to his family. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. yes, the marathon will continue. So, I have the amazing Sean Grant here. He has gone from, you know, oh, I think they like me to wow. <laughs> to a good uh, shy glizzy. Hey, I'm Young Cafe. Who wow. you be? <laughs> 
So I'm I, a franchise boy. I mean, I remember the Mizzou <laughs> pictures. I'm just saying, like, just because you're here in a in a suit. Have a, this, have is only, nice. this is only this is only because of church. I only put on a suit like maybe twice a month. <laughs> Wait, you only go to church twice a month? Uh, like, it depends. Four weeks, buddy. No, like like Sundays get busy now. But no, even if I go to church, um, I probably won't put on a suit all the time. Oh, I was gonna say it oh, was oh, first this was Sunday. Casual Sunday. No, it was first Sunday. I was like, all right, let me put on an actual suit and yeah. But if I I'm not going to church next Sunday because I'm be hungover. What's uh, happening next week? I'm going to do say Palooza. Is that next week? It is. It came real fast. But no, having. Sean Grant here, you know, looking at how you have risen, um, definitely, definitely is something to be inspired by. I First and foremost, before you even start asking you questions, what mm-hmm. the hell, like, how would you describe to someone, like, who you are and what you do? Because I feel like you got your hand in so many different, you know, uh, ven- ventures and buckets and everything. I don't know, to be honest with you. I That's don't know. Cool. And it's wild. So, me and Dave Jeff are working on something. It's the... Uh, it's the re- Hi, bro. <laughs> it's the reopening of the fly store and when i was doing that the girl who when she asked me she was like yo um what should i put your title as and i'm like i don't know i was like i whatever you want like i don't care i don't really have a title that's associated with what i do because i do too much to try to even come up with a title that but on top of that i don't want people to be i think a lot of people get tied up in names of things mm-hmm. like I I tell people all the time like don't call me a creative, like don't say I'm a maven, like <laughs> like I would hope somebody I hate call you as a maven. Like, like I like I just hate all of the various ways you can do it. Don't know what you do like oh I write I know I know how to do an event I market things. You're Tyrion Lancaster. I drink and I know things. <laughs> there we go. I'll take that. I'll take that. That's exactly it. I drink and I know. Th- I'm about to actually put that in my bio now. I drink and I know things. I want full tweet credit. I, I swear I'm out. putting that in. Yeah, no, I'm definitely putting that in all my. I drink and I know things. That's okay. literally what I do. I drink and I know things. Yeah, I'm putting that in there immediately. Found it here first. No, okay, got yeah. you. But no, I think that's really interesting. And everyone who I asked that question to in our generation, like that's the answer. Mm-hmm. I don't know if millennials. I think the thing is, we looked at other generations that were so stuck in, you know, I wake up, I do that, you know, that routine and that route. And it's Mm -hmm. just like, fuck it, let's just try some other things. I think we were forced also to do that just because it's like we didn't get the opportunity to walk into like this. I took one internship second semester my senior year and I've been Mm -hmm. working here now for 30 years. You know, that wasn't our story. A lot of us, I know for me, for you, other people we know, like, had to intern like hell. We're mm-hmm. working at, at, you know, entities that it was a check. Like right, we right, respected right. and it was part of our hustle and our grind. But when you are doing that, I think that's bred a lot of super successful people. Like if you go back and look at Blame It on Quay and Lala and all these other people, their first mm-hmm. videos were in office spaces and, and Kid Fury was that he was working for what? H&R Block or, mm-hmm. you know, tax um providing companies i mean now, like before 2016 i was working at the front desk of a dermatology office my ass was at Nordstrom rack like, yeah, and it was just like to make it happen like all right we're gonna make it work exactly so it's like we've always had this duality just because i think shit you have to if you want to mm-hmm. survive like this isn't the type of uh, economy that's really like oh we really got y'all no y'all don't Mm-mm. um so i think it's interesting that i hear so many of us say like I do a shit ton of stuff, and I just try and make it happen. I will yeah. say this. My boy, Sean um, Gadley, I know a lot of great Sean's. I almost did this episode with you oh, today. Oh, Sean's are great. 
I wouldn't say that, but I know three <laughs> that I really like. <laughs> Name your three. You, okay. Sean Gadley, who okay. is my woe, and then um, Sean Ellis. You ready for I some s- more? Who? Sean Carter. Oh, please. Sean Combs. Here we go. Big Sean. <laughs> Sean Garrett the Pin. Okay. Yeah, I got Sean's for you. Not you. That That's something Sean you Sean Michaels. Of. Okay, fine. I'll get, wait, Sean Michaels. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I the don't wrestler. Know. <laughs> you know what? He always used to bother me because I thought he reminded me of Mr. Marcus. That's so what I was like, who? Why am I putting y'all in that category? Like, what the hell is this? So, even just jumping into it, like, you getting your start, where did your passion for, you know, hip-hop culture, sneak shoes, whatever, like, the yeah. black community, where did it all stem from? Uh, For music... No, I never had nobody like be like, "Yo, you should check out rap." Never did. Uh, did you grow up in that type? Like, what was nah, your household? Like when I I live, I grew up with my mom and my grandma, and uh-huh. like I could tell you the origin and history of every song of V One O Three. Like the earliest V One O Three member, yeah, no, nah, like. I got a playlist right now that I got just like inspired by V One O Three, which is every song that I remember hearing in my childhood. Mm-hmm. So like, I the one memory that I always come out. To me, about like music, period, is um, Summer Madness by Cool and the Gang. It's like one of the very first songs I just co- constantly remember from uh, V103. And I remember one day my mom was playing it in her car and I was riding in the back seat. We go into the grocery store on a Saturday morning and it was playing as we were pulling out the alley. And I remember it exactly, like exactly <laughs> when. So, like, I had on a blue starter jacket. Damn near. So. <laughs> damn near. But yeah, no, I can remember that. So then that's where like I got the music introduction from. So that and like gospel music. But um, you remember when you used to be a kid and you'll get the things in the mail to be like you get six CDs for like a dollar or something. Yes. So one of the CDs that came, I think they sent it by accident. I don't remember. Or maybe they just sent six and it just happened. One of them was was Hov's Hard Night Life. And that was the first like Jay-Z album I owned or the first rap album I owned, period. And then from there, then it was just like being immersed in everything around me. Dog. That was when the box was hot. And you remember your number of which video you wanted to see. And yes. like um, Rap City was popping off. And then so it was just like heavy diplomats and heavy rock, Rockefeller. So like Rockefeller was gods to me. Like you couldn't tell me nothing about nobody on Rockefeller. From Freeway to going deep in Dipset yeah. to, to Freaky Zeke to like... <laughs> to to Memphis Bleak, I I think I'm one of the only people that can give you ten Memphis Bleak songs like back to back. Like I'm not gonna stop. test you. I do believe like, you though. But yeah, no, and that's how I just started, and it just started from there. Um, in college, just doing well. Not in high school when I wrote for the newspaper, I was covering albums. I remember the first album I got sent to me from a record label was Carrie Hilson's In a Perfect World. First, what we're not gonna do, she might have played that herself. Was fire. <laughs> that was a fire ass. Mm-hmm album where did he go um slow dance slow I dance and, like uh, that shit something fire. happens when we saw she had jam yeah that shit was cold so that was the very first album i got sent to me from a label and that was in high school and then i got to college and then it was just about figuring it out and you asked me what i wanted to do in college it was like yeah i want to be in the anr of motown but then, like, that's before Motown sold okay, themselves Smokey out. Jr.? But they sold themselves out. Like, Motown is promoting Amigos now. Like, the only Motown artist that you can say is would be consistent with traditional Motown is BJ the Chicago Kid. Which, where is he been? He's coming back. He uh he just released a single. Actually, it wasn't even a single. His I heart think, crush was my shit. I was like... So, he, you heard LMA's album, right? Yeah. So, you heard Close. Mm-hmm. 
He recreated clothes. Embodied her. Got her clean out of here. Like, and I loved her version. But no, he got her clean out of here. I will say it till I die. Jaquay has the better version of Jaquees, Jaquay, whatever. He got the better version of Trip. I don't like his version of Trip. Really? Nah. I literally was mad that I had to go on Pornhub to listen to the song. Yeah, that's funny. I had to ask Jasmine, I'm like, I can't find the song anywhere. She's like, it's on Pornhub. I was like, just give me the link. I want that version. <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't. I ain't like his version of Trip. Really? Nah, not at all. I think if But like, I'm also want, not a Jacquees fan. No, I'm not either, which yeah. is why I was shocked that I was so impressed by that song. And he also dated my boo, and I don't like that. Who? Dreezy. <sighs> Dreezy. It's gorgeous. She totally is beautiful, but I think the thing is like Dreezy, Tink, I just need them to pop like they should. I think Dreezy is. I think the thing about Dreezy is... I want her to win. I want them all to win. And I think she is. Like, her her first album was amazing. Mm -hmm. And then this one that she just dropped, I can't remember the name of it right now. Big Dreezy. Big Dreezy. I love it a lot. Chicken Noodle Soup is my shit. R.I.P. Aretha's my shit. Like, I play that religiously. But I think the thing... Chanel Slides. I don't like Cash, though. What? Why? I just don't. I try hard too. So here's the thing. She, she's a lot. Yeah, I try it hard. And like uh when she released that like whichever tape it was that had the song where she was arguing with herself. Oh, Keisha versus Cash. Yeah, Dog. I tried listening to that. That wasn't working. And I was like, all right, yeah, she's not doing it for me. I'm like, okay. Well. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this ain't doing it for me. So, yeah, that's what ruins Chanel slides for me. I don't like cash dog. That is my jam. But, um, I mean, yeah. She's like, big dick checks, I'm chasing, double C's, even when I'm naked. I'm like, that speaks to me. <laughs> that really just moves me. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, that started that, started that the um, sneaker thing. My grandmother and my mother. They Your just, grandma? Yeah, my grandma used to buy me every Jordans when I was a kid. Like, I forgot. You was one of them spoiled beats. My, <laughs> No, it wasn't even that. Like my 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 mother would tell you a story about me when we were living in in, in Oakland because I was born in California. My grandmother would send every Jordan out to Oakland, so I had them. And then um, my mom tells a story about we went to go pick up a Christmas tree, and she had me in the new Jordans. And she said, I was standing at the Christmas tree lot, and I looked at her, and she looked at me. She said, then I looked at a puddle of mud, and then I looked at her again, and she said, boy, you better not jump in that mud with the new Jordans your grandma just bought. She said, I just jumped, like, body first into the mud. And, like, got my clothes no dirty, got my shoes dirty, everything. So even, like, um, like in high school, she bought me the... The Candy Cane 14s that just came out again last week. I have no idea what you're speaking of. Someone Can knows. I see a picture? Yeah, I'll show okay, you. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> then you get up to the mic close. I don't know. But yeah, no, she um she bought me those. Um, Like right now, if you walk in my bedroom, there's like 15 pair of shoes I never put on. Um, you don't wear them? Yeah, I have. I just haven't yet. Oh, okay. Like when I go to work every day, I'm just putting on whatever is just laying by my bed <laughs> and going about my day. Okay. But um. Yeah, like my grandmother and my mother started me into that. I remember when they had the Jordans that came in the suitcase. It was the 18s. We was in Forest City Mall, and I saw them. And my mom was like, you want them? I was like, sure. And she bought them. Like, that's what it was. <laughs> we both over here like, <laughs> must They're the ones that she bought me in high school. They just oh. came out again. Like, they're wait for their, in the mail on the way to me now. And, um... And there's a picture. And this man ain't played since Clinton was president. (laughs) Yeah, he's still going. And like, even when there's a picture of me that I had when like the Taxi 12s came out again, I went to numbers, babe. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, you know when I had the Jurassic Park 13s. What? Like, I don't know what 
<laughs> so, my uh, my mom took me to Vegas, and it's a picture of me in like some starters, some, some starter sweatpants, the the uh, the Jordans and the Jordan Twelves, a a Space Jam fanny pack, and like just getting the whole fit off, like body the fit. <laughs> I should be like, don't you ever forget I'm, where I, know, I came I'm, from. I'm, I'm dead ass about to recreate that fit and that picture when I go back to Vegas and then put it like, That's like kind of like fabulous, you know how fabulous do like the throwback ready. shit? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to pull off one of them. I do want to, I was actually while cleaning, when I was cleaning the kitchen yesterday, I was watching Space Jam. I'm like, this is a classic. <laughs> I'm going to find this picture while we're talking about it right now too. But yeah, that's basically how that started. They started it. I Well, kudos to these black women getting you sauced up at an early yeah, age. Yeah, they started it. Like my grandma bought me this suit right now. Yeah. Black women will save your life. Like, no, no. Grandmothers will always buy you a suit. Um, I was sitting with, do you know Brandon Pope from WCIU? Yeah. So me and him went to brunch yesterday and he was telling me about how his grandmother calls him once a year and say, hey, baby, do you need a new suit? And it's just like, that's the grandma thing to buy. Yes, because they know I need my baby Taylor. Yeah. I need him looking correct as a young man. So, yeah, so um, she bought me that, and she know I got to go to a wedding in June. So she said to me the other day, was like, yo, uh, do you need a new suit? I was like, yes, Granny, yes, I do. I'd have been like, can it be navy blue with a hunter green trench coat? Like, <laughs> What's funny is um, my boy Curtis is getting married, and we're getting the navy blue suits. Uh, well, please, please, let me just. Go with cognac for the shoes. Yeah, no, it's all we I can't are. stand it when black men don't know how to pair navy. Like, get it together. Here goes the picture. Actually, I did find it. Got that pic. That fit all the way off. Okay, you did fine. But, so from there, from you being this young fly fashion guide at the age of six, <laughs> you know how have you been able to, you know, navigate those hard times? Um, especially like yeah. I think that's the thing. I think a lot of people make the mistake when they look at you specifically it's like oh sean he's he's there he got it and they don't recognize like there's still a moment sir you have like that doubt that insecurity that shit do i have it am i living up to what people think all the time this whole i even had that moment today where um not today this week where it was just kind of like yo what's going on do do i know what's happening how to make this happen Mm -hmm. and it just wasn't working out and um just sit back and and make it happen literally just have to talk yourself through it and and just have a good support system it was something that my boy said to me yesterday um and it ironically came out of the nipsey conversation i'm gonna read it to you um and me and dev have been working on things together since the start because yesterday was his birthday and he was like uh talking about gifts that he was getting and whatnot he's a random black sam said something to the homie that made all the tears flow but all the sense in the world we made it this far because we trusted our brothers. I love y'all. So it was just like that yeah. growth thing. Like when I met Devin, I was a freshman coming to University of Missouri and he was just some nigga from Texas who I met in the Black Cultural Center and was playing the Earth, Wind & Fire record. And then he was like, oh, this young nigga know about Earth, Wind & Fire? Oh shit, we, got, we definitely gonna be friends. And it, that's how we and him grew. And like here we are 12 years later and mm-hmm. we still rocking and working on stuff together and all type of things. But um, yeah. That's just kind of how I grew. I think, yeah, it is true. Your network is your net worth. And that's something that a lot of people, you know, they don't know how to or when to lean into that network, you know, and it does totally make a difference. Um, and I think that's even something it's interesting to see. But do you find that you need to protect that now more so than ever just because people do assume that like, oh, shit, he got it. He doing shit with Dave Jeff or 
he didn't did interviews um, with Nipsey. He had all these complex con events. Like, yeah, people think it just automatically results to having everything together, mm-hmm. or just like making it and like no it don't like i still work i still got bills i still have a coffin check account every once in a while like it happens but i think it also comes to a point where a lot of people just don't directly know me beyond what you present right work and stuff like and i tell people all the time i tell my boy that i envy him because he doesn't have any social media and i would love that like if i didn't do this i wouldn't have none of it like just be a ghost and live in my own when it's world your job, it's and know my friends, yeah. but it's different. But like, if you have to have it, um, yeah, I just, I would have to have it, but that's just kind of how it works out and whatnot. So like just self-checking myself and making sure that I'm on the same path. And then also it's a matter of like making sure you keep, I think it's good when you have those friends that don't give a fuck about that persona. Cause then it's like, bitch, I don't care about none of this shit or the VIP sex shit. You right, didn't no. miss Four Uno sessions, my nigga. What is going on? Yeah, like, we I don't had five fish fries and you ain't been here. Exactly. Yeah, I'd rather just go kick it somewhere. Like, I don't really care about knowing a rapper or being in a session. I'm super excited. Like, I have event, an event I'm throwing at the end of the month for all my ladies to come through. And my girl made a good point. She was like, you know, you should, yeah, have that. But it turned to a kickback at the night at night so, like, the guys can come through and care. I was like, huh. Perhaps we might. Yeah. We'll see what's going on. So there might be something that I get to invite you to on the 27th. But that's the thing. Like having like just people come through on some like fellowship and good vibes. That's really what I want it to be. That works. I'm with it. Yay. I'm definitely with it. <laughs> Jackson's in there going like, I knew nothing of an evening soiree. You said 12 to 4, bitch. <laughs> okay. Um. So in terms of looking at, you know, balancing the fact you're super close with your mom, your grandma, mm-hmm. God bless the woman that goes in front before that tribe and tribunal. Woo. <laughs> but how do you like navigate in terms of like dating, um, your own mental health, deciding like if now's the time you just like, look. I'm out here trying to get these checks and I will see y'all when I see y'all. Like, is that something that you think is a millennial black man? Like, is even something that people should be giving a fuck about right now? Um, yes and no. Okay. It kind of, um, it kind of falls into, it kind of falls into not forcing it and just letting things happen. True. Um, also, we real good on doing the whole, I need him so we can look cute in these pictures together. <laughs> this trip yeah, got to be popping. And it's, it's weird because, um, it's weird because people often will say, we don't know if Sean is dating somebody or not. I think that is how it's supposed to be. Yeah, Mind like, your black, white, Asian American, Latino ex business. Yeah, like, and and that's how I kind of feel. Like you won't know if I'm dating someone until like I marry them. Like you would never know. Let me tell you something. Like the people who know need to know, and that's the people I kick it with, and that's my family. The rest of y'all don't need to know that shit. It'll be. I'm the person that's. I'm very private and cryptic. You will see some dumb shit like. Did you have two spoons in that butter pecan ice cream, or was that just what? My, you don't need to know that. I could right. maybe I could be greedy and want two spoons, but I think that's definitely something that you have to protect that private space. And there's a difference between protecting that and also trying to be on some like slick shit. Like, nah, man, you know you yeah. you know what this is. Like, nah, Negro, I don't. So I think you actually bring up a good point. 
Jay-Z and Beyonce, there was a whole time people were begging them to say anything. Like, right. just tell us if he likes Grape Crush or Orange. And she'd be like, nope, <laughs> right. I'm not like, doing no. it. Like, you don't need to know anything. And then, of course, it'll be times where, like, I, like my thing is I, I communicate that up front, too, when I'm dating somebody. I don't know what your communication style is or your social media style is, but you That's a will, shame, our generation. We got to do social I really, media like, style. I got to tell you that up front, like, because I don't want you to look at it down the road like, oh, you're trying to hide me. Like, you're not going to be, I'm not going to post a picture of you. I'm not going to post pictures of us. I'm not doing Women Crush Wednesdays. I'm not doing none of that. Like, there be a mo- I'm like, I don't even want to have this shit, but I have to have it. I said, there'll be a movie. Maybe you'll pop up in like an Instagram story because we out kicking it or something like that. But I'm not going to do the over extreme exertion to let people know that you are here. I'm not dating you for people. I'm dating you solely for me and us and try to develop things. If someone catches us out or if I go somewhere with friends, that's different. But. Yeah, like, and if you want to take that as an insecure thing, I don't care about you having my phone. You can take my phone, you go through DMs, you can do whatever you want to do. I don't care. Right. But I, I'm just, let me have my own privacy of that. I can respect that. And I think that's something, too, where <clears throat> you hit it on the head. You need to have those conversations up front. Yeah. Because a lot of times we'll go into situations being like, um, we're thinking about it from the love language that we come from. So it's right. just like, oh, wait, you ashamed of me? Like, I don't ever see you post up. You flicking it up with all these bitches. It's like, no, I have stuff to do. And I don't think I have, I don't think I didn't appreciate that more. And that's something I really feel with women in dating that we need mm-hmm. to talk about. A lot of times we look at things from like this Disney or, you know, this like love and basketball problematic ass, you know, portrayal of what dating is supposed to look like. And at the end of the day, mm-hmm. if you're just as equally busy or more so busy than your spouse, I don't give a fuck if you dating a man, woman, whoever, I don't have time to sit up and giggle with you either. And I think that's something like, even when I looked at myself, I had to be like, once I got busier, I understood it to, on a different level. Like, now I have a job. Like, my day job requires a lot of fucking traveling. Mm-hmm. Like, when I get in peak season of traveling, it's like, um, this week I'm here, home for a day. Next week I'm there, come back for... So it's like, I can appreciate more so when somebody is just like, up front, this is what I can't offer, this is what I can't offer. Because then, not even trying to be on some, like, petty shit, but I'm like, now I know where to put you in my calendar or mm-hmm. how to fit you in in terms of if this is something to truly consider or not. And I think when you look at our generation, we're still so, especially now with social media being involved in it, everyone wants to be like that hot it couple. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, and I just want to be my Uncle George and Aunt Yvonne, Mm -hmm. who've been together for 60-something years and literally went through hell and high water with one another and didn't have social media like, that's the thing. I, people want social media relationships. I want someone that eventually I could build a life with. And mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that social media strips us of. Mm-hmm. So I could respect somebody who's just like, I mean, do you want these bills paid? Or do you want exactly. a Valencia filter? <laughs> like, it's like, even beyond that, like, let's say if we together and we good for six months and then we break up. Now I got to deal with the questions of where she go. Now I got to go back and delete all your shit. Then I got to do this. And then I'm not I ain't calling Chris time. Randolph in Tennessee for shit other yeah. than to tell her. 
hey girl, what's the new schematic you want me pulling up for yeah. my page? Like, I'm not calling my social media manager. Yeah, no, I don't. Can you scrub all these pictures? Because you didn't yeah. sit here and play yourself. Or on the flip side, people also get to a space where they know they're not in something that's healthy. But now they've then created this illusion for everyone else. So they stuck in some shit that they can't even have confidence to get out of. All right, all I'm right. like, oh, hell And no. then on top of that, like, I make sure that everything is known up front because I tell people I legit live out of an eye calendar. Like, that's how I knew that. Like, for instance, this call I just got, I'm starting a new job. It's going to be my second shift. They double booked me for today. So they was like, yeah, we don't need you for today. We'll schedule you for another part of the day. One of the people just called me and was like, yo, this, this, and this. But I know she's wrong because, like, when they told me, I took it out of my calendar. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so I know what time slots I have to the very second. So then, like, even with that, I'll tell. Siri has never let me down. Yeah, no, like, so then, like, even that, I'll tell somebody I'm dating, like, yo, I'm busy as shit. But if you want me to do something, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to figure out how to slide it in here. I'm going to do this. If it's something that you want me to go to with you, let me know as soon as you find out. Because then that's the only way I'm going to be able to adjust. And it's like, I'm going to make it happen. And people be under the belief that some people can be too busy to date. And it's like, you're not too busy to date. You're too busy to find the time to actually date. I think also it's a matter of, have you ever had someone say that to you and you get insulted? Because it's just, you looking at it from a perspective of like, it's not that you're busy. You just don't feel like making that time for the person that you're around. Mm -hmm. Or it's like, or don't tell me you're busy when I know I got twice as much shit to do than you Mm -hmm. so if i'm still willing to be like okay i'll entertain this conversation or whatever then i'm like don't hit me oh man i was so swarmed after work well after i got off work at 7 (laughs) 30 i went on second shift and i did this that and the third still caught up to insecure threw up a couple you know posts and did this that and the third i think that's just like it's funny when people say that i am a believer of you make time for what you want all right and and you know how to uh manage your time and everything like like, I can tell you what every moment of every second this week is going to be doing. So let's put it this way then. Moving forward with you and your brand and looking into everything, is this something that you think about in a really calculated manner or you still consider it something that you want it to be organic? Relationships? No, no, not relationships. I'm like, relationships. I'm, I mean, like, your brand. Because you're saying, yeah. like, I know we were just talking about, like, the dating aspect of mm-hmm. it. It's like being a millennial man, I got shit to do. I could put this schedule down that I live by. Mm-hmm. But like you were saying... Flipping back then into your brand period with you being that calculated and mm-hmm. organized. Is that something that you see? Like, how do I even want to word this? Like a career path. Plan. Yeah. Moving with it. Like- I used to, but I don't anymore. Because if you were to come at me last January and tell me I did everything that I've done in this last eight, nine, ten months, I wouldn't have believed it. And I didn't right. aim for none of that. Like, I didn't aim to do Nike campaigns. I didn't aim to be working at the source i didn't plan none of that which is fucking amazing like the sort we read that as kids i remember being on field trips with source magazines and 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 granted i know that it's not the same like it's still it's not the same thing but it's still like it's something that matters right it matters to a lot of people like you have people that flex on it or whatever. It's not the same as when Benzino had it or where are the source awards or like shit like that but it's still like it's a historic Thing. And everybody that you are have some type of relevancy or or people look up to in my field, they walk through that door at some point. Okay. They walk through that door at some point. And then for me to do it and I have to leave Chicago, like 
you niggas are flying to New York to do this shit. Like, I'm still on 79th Street every day. And I can still go to Chi-Tung, get these exactly. sauteed scallops and lemon butter exactly. with some fried rice and go home. And I don't have to do none of that. And I ain't got to pay no high-ass New York rent. I'm not ever going to be paying. No. I haven't been in a uterus since 1988. I'm not ever going to be in something that small and like, cramped. <laughs> like, you out your goddamn mind. Like, like, it's nuts. It's yeah. a wrap. But um, people don't see that. Like, and that's another thing I hear. Everybody always say you have to leave Chicago for this and that. Like, no, you don't. You can make your own. You don't have to go anywhere. Like, you don't. I think that's one thing that you have truly been a testament of. And if there's any, I mean, humbly, if there's any encouragement that I can, you know, provide, it's just keep the course of. And I think that's also something you know that you've mastered. It's like that mm-hmm. Genesee qual. Like, what is Sean doing? Or he just popped up here. You know, mm-hmm. that air of mystery. Um, I think it's something that really has benefited your brand, but I think it's also tied into just who you are. Like to be as popular as you are, you've always been humble and low key. Thank and I you. think that's something that a lot of people in general, they the higher they go now, they're just like, nah, bitch, you gonna see me on this step and repeat. And yeah. I know I'm standing next to Jer- to Virgil come June eighth, and it's like you don't What's have to do all that. What's weird is I went to something recently and of course, I'm going to grab pieces that I have to get for, like, brand things to make go forward. But I really came to still enjoy this. And I'm not living in every moment of mm-hmm. this through my camera lens. And then I... And this, and, it may, and this isn't me hating or looking down on anybody at all. But it was like, you're not really taking this in. It's mm-hmm. like you're doing this more so for other people. But even with that still, like, a lot of people be like, aren't you coming to this? Are you coming to this? I'm like, nah. Like, why not? You need to be there. Not really. I want to go to something I enjoy. Like, when I went to the Ed Lover event last mm-hmm. week at um, Alpha Space. Yo, I'm mad I didn't know about that. I looked at this. I was like, where the fuck? Like, what? Where did this come from? I went to something you were yeah, not made No, I, I be not knowing about a lot of shit. Ding, or, no. <laughs> or, <laughs> or if I do know about something, I just be like, nah, I'm good. I don't feel like going. No, I got invited and I had a fucking ball. It was so, he was the most personable guy. Like, just walked up on me and, you know, was talking and yeah. was very down to earth. And just hearing the stories that he was telling about, like, you know, the culture and just being in, you know, the popping ass clubs and why he loves sneakers so much. Like, I really enjoyed the vibe that him and you know that dave and him did so mm-hmm. one of the things okay so this is gonna be the only weird flex that i had oh, on this episode. <laughs> and it's because i was so hurt that i couldn't execute this flex mm-hmm. uh i'm gonna actually read the email it was like on behalf of heineken usa i'd like to invite you on an exclusive trip to coachella weekend one to experience the festival Heineken style from April 12th through 15th. So basically next weekend. And it was like, you will be treated like a true VIP at Heineken house and be fully immersed in Coachella, blah, blah, blah. As the official beer, you'll be able to um, be in a one-on-one experience with De La Soul and the Roots, blah, blah, blah. Like running this whole thing down. It was like an additional, you'll get this, this, and this. Um, we'll fly you in on Thursday. You get to arrive at your hotel in Palm Springs, free time. April 12th, you get lunch in Coachella. 13th, you hit the Heineken brunch and this and this and this and this and this and this. And I was like, damn, I want to go. But no, nah, I'm not. I'm Why not going. Why aren't you going? Um, one, it was just too short a notice. Like, True. it's next Friday. It's this Friday. It was this Thursday, basically. And I found out like last Wednesday, Thursday. I'm like, that's so much to, to flip around. Like, I have to arrange work shifts and all this other shit and i'm doing True. a big event on may 15th and it was just too much work to do all of that first but then it was like second 
my boy is coming in town from St. Louis, and me and him were going to do Palooza. So I sent it to him, and he was like, yo. He was like, um, he's like, yo, you going? I was like, no, nah, I'm going to stay here. He was like, why? I said, nigga, we going to do Palooza that weekend. He's like, you, you curving it to stay here? I said, yeah, bro, come up here and get drunk. Like, <laughs> I'll go to Coachella another day. Like, I don't right. care. We missed Beachella. What really else yeah, can we yeah. see? <laughs> like, um, yo, her documentary coming out on that. April 17th on Netflix. Okay. I'm excited. Yeah, I can't tell you the rest. The How Illuminati might take it? my card. How do you know? Like, I am known for knowing shit. That's <laughs> like, I always get frustrated when I'm around your ass because you always be, it, it's so childish yeah. of me, but I'd be like, how did you find out first? Like, goddamn. The Illuminati might take my card. I mean, I could definitely see it. Nah. They're friendly, though. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> like, they give you cheese. It might oh, be they're poison. real nice. They're real nice. They're, <laughs> they make sure you drink all the time. Uh, I have not seen any goat blood. Um, no Baphomet prophecy. No, I have not seen that. I have not had to take a blood oath to, to Satan. Then move out of here. Good people, man. Okay, well, we're, we're done. People. On that note, we were, <laughs> <laughs> on behalf of Joy, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but no, all jokes aside, like, I think that to me is, again, like what we've just been talking mm-hmm. about and like, the cloud that's great you know you clearly have been working hard and you have it but you really need to just i mean not you but what everyone needs to do is just focus on truly things that inspire you that you mm-hmm. believe in and the cloud piece will always come it's and when you working hard yeah, the recognition but i'm not gonna live my life you know behind that lens and i right. think you are an amazing example of being authentic to yourself and really giving a fuck about your boys and making sure everyone gets on so that's all it is one thing that was funny this is going to be a interesting thing i was gonna say nigga, i'm trying to do the wrap-up now you gotta tell this story no 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 <laughs> when you said it about like just it's gonna be real quick real quick when they said someone always tells me that if Sean is loyal to you as a friend, like that's going to matter over anything else. I think he's he was like they're going to hold down. He's going to hold down that loyalty over himself and over anything else. And it was really funny because it was this crazy individual who was upset that like I showed more loyalty than friends than I would to her. Do I know this crazy person? No, I would. I would hope you didn't have to deal with her. That's fine. No, but yeah, say less. But yeah, say nah. nothing. Actually, like, but no. I'm like, do I know this? But person? yeah, no, it was just kind of like a thing. Like, yeah, that's the people who gonna hold you down for everything. Like, rather it be work, love, life. I mean, you're jail. looking at my hitter. Like, yeah, I see. <laughs> like, and, and now, and now she's gonna get drunk and do say palooza with you. I mean, and I. We'll see if she goes. You're going. That you're going okay, fine. Time stamp that. <laughs> uh, but no, thank you so much, love, for coming on the Anytime. show. Um, I super appreciate it. I'm actually, since I'm feeling the vibes and everything, I'm just gonna hit it with a quick motivational message. Um, I cannot stress the importance of. Really getting in tune with yourself and getting mastery over your insecurities. And the reason why I think that is just such an, an amazing thing when you truly could say, like, here are all my broken pieces and I am over and fucking done with letting them stop me from being happy. I think Nipsey Hussle was an amazing example of that. One story that actually came out, and it's been one of the lesser known ones for everything, um, but was how he hound one of his teachers came out and was like, This young man hounded me to take the gifted exam. 
even though he wasn't like there was nothing outstanding that you know said he should be able to take it which is why like it wasn't offered to him like would not let up about it and took it and passed it with flying colors and excelled I think that is something when you have that sort of intrinsic confidence within yourself despite what everyone else might think of you like let's keep it real if you looked at Nipsey Hussle there's a lot of black people I know if they'd have seen Nipsey Hussle they'd have crossed that street and let's just call a thing a thing because of what they think success is supposed to look like and he mm-hmm. actually was the most plugged educated financially literate person in the room probably and so for me when I think about the beauty of not letting your insecurities get to you and having confidence in yourself and truly recognizing, like he said, that it is a marathon. Anything that is worth having is not going to come quick. It's not going to come easy. You might let or watch other people get something in front of you. I even went back on his page and looked. The night Cardi B won, he gave her a shout out. It's like, man, when it's your time, it's your time. And that's the thing. If you can just get mastery over yourself. If you can stop looking at what everyone else is doing, if you can focus on what makes you happy and being around people that support you and and give a fuck about you and believe in you more so than being upset or miffed at the people who can't see how great you are or why they throwing their support behind this person. I'm more charismatic. I'm this, that, and the third. If you can focus on your own shit, I promise you that will bless you way more than chasing after somebody else's destiny or riches. And the only way that you can do that is if you truly get a hold of what it is that scares you from your greatness. Because every time you're looking at somebody else and the shit that they're doing, it's really because it's projecting whatever that insecurity is back. Never could afford Jordans as a child. In fact, my mom, only that I had them K-Swiss tongue twister ones. So they low-key looked like two shoes in one. And then I had a beige pair of Pumas. And that was it. Okay? And look at me now, though, doing things where I'm, I'm networking and partnering with people who do work for Puma. Be in the space with people mm-hmm. that give a fuck about you and that represent your journey. And I think that is just something like going into Q2. Maybe you did have a rough Q1. Maybe you weren't on your shit like you were supposed to. Maybe you just needed time to level set and think about what you're going to do in this next season a little bit longer than others. That is old fucking K. Your 365 can start right now as far as I'm concerned. But the thing is you have to get a hold of what it is that's frightening you because you are what's preventing you from your greatness. And it's high time that you really just tap into it and stop judging yourself yourself based on somebody else's i hope everybody has an amazing week i hope y'all mayor finally figure out how to get her hair lined up correctly because the city is in control of the mo's right now and it's just it is what it is like they they have it back <laughs> and with that being said i hope everyone has an amazing week peace love and hair grease as your girl joy has questions over and out <laughs>